following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning again. I'm Pastor Chris. If you came in a little bit late, man, what a great start to our service today, right? Woo! All right. Amen. What a great day. Uh, hey, next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss. Um, it really is going to be great. Uh, it's Life Group Sunday, and uh, outside, we're going to have a huge tent. And uh, if you've ever been to like a, uh, a college fair or a job fair where you show up in a huge you know, auditorium or building, and uh, you walk around, and there's all these uh, booths or tables representing different colleges, universities, or jobs, or job opportunities, that's what Life Group Sunday is all about. We'll have a huge tent outside. Uh, even if it's cold, uh, we, we have walls on the tent. We have heaters coming. Uh, we'll have umbrellas if it's raining between here and there. Uh, but either way, come. It's going to be awesome. Uh, inside your bulletin today is the Life Group catalog for the new semester. We always we usually give this out like a week in advance, uh, so you can go ahead and start prepping, uh, checking out all the groups that are offered this semester, uh, when and where they're located, what they're leading, who you know who's who are the leaders, all that kind of stuff. All in the uh, Life Group catalog, and uh, you can sign up. Uh, next Sunday, one of three different ways. You can sign up on the sign-up sheets, on your Connect card, or online. Uh, but you only have to sign up one time, one way. And uh, actually, you can go ahead and sign up today uh, on, uh, online. And uh, so all this information is there. But we go ahead and give it to you now so you can kind of get prepped. So when you come next Sunday, uh, you're ready. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, our, our life group leaders do such an awesome job with their tables. There's food out there. You're going to get to meet people. You come in here just like normal, uh, but everything is shortened just a little bit. And uh, then we give people time to go outside uh, and check out all the, all the groups. So invite and bring a friend as always. Uh, man, it's going to be a great semester. We've got more groups this semester than we've ever had before, and uh, looking forward to uh, just hearing all about uh, life change. Uh, today, uh, we are continuing in this series called uh, Impact, uh, and, and that's our word for 2018, uh, and that's what this church is all about. Uh, we want to make an impact in our world uh, for Jesus, and uh, last year, uh, we kind of began this, this idea of one, uh, one life at a time, and so we believe that the best way to make an impact is to continue to reach out one, uh, one life at a time, one person. And so each week this, uh, in the series, we've been talking about how one person really does have the potential to impact the world, uh, to change the world one life at a time by being willing to share your faith. And we've talked about how to do that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about sharing your story. And no matter who you are, where you've been, uh, everybody has a story. Everybody has experiences. Everybody has a, a testimony. And God wants to use that story to make an impact. Uh, it's basically the story of how you came to faith, what your life was like before Jesus, how you came to faith, and what a difference he's made in your life since then. Uh, and then last week, uh, we talked about your storms that you go through. How typically, you know, we want to avoid storms and, and heartache and, and problems and stress, but that God actually uses those things uh, to draw people to himself, how we respond, that people are watching. But you got to be ready. you got to be ready to share your faith. Because, you see, when it comes to sharing our faith, I really think the issue is not that we don't have opportunities. I think God gives us opportunities all the time. I like to call them divine appointments. The real issue is when those appointments come, when you have those opportunities, you know you've been uh, praying for someone, building that relationship, so when that opportunity comes, 
many times, honestly, we're just not ready. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. And so my goal in this series, and specifically today, is that by the end of this day, you're going to walk out of here uh, and you'll feel a little bit more prepared, a little bit more ready to talk about your faith. Now, to do that today, I want us to look at a story in the Bible, uh, in the book of Acts, about a guy named Philip who God gave an opportunity to talk about his faith, and as you'll see, he was definitely ready. Uh, it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Follow along as I read. I'll be on the screens. Uh, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go, down, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he did. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Now, stop right there just for a, for a moment. Um, a couple of things in my mind kind of obviously stand out. Uh, first of all, the guy was a eunuch. Now, in those days, if you were going to work in the queen's court, uh, they castrated you so you wouldn't be a temptation to the queen. The queen wouldn't be a temptation for you. Kind of an interesting job requirement, okay? Um, and I knew if I didn't explain that, uh, you'd be fixated, fixated on that like a middle school boy uh, for the rest of the service. So go ahead and get all that out of your system. But really, the one thing that I want you to notice most importantly here is that this guy had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now why? why? Why would a guy go all the way from Ethiopia, go all the way to Israel to worship? Well, I think it was because there was something missing in his life. You know, he, he was obviously searching. Searching for something, searching for anything that might fill whatever it was that he was looking for. You Maybe there was an emptiness or a loneliness or a brokenness. I, I don't know, but we do know this, that he was searching. And so he was, he was there for something spiritual, something that wasn't being fulfilled. So he goes to Jerusalem because he had heard of what happened there, I'm sure, what was going on there, and he knew that possibly he could connect with God. So, the story continues. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I when there's no one to instruct me? And he begged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he'd been reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. So then the eunuch asked Philip, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? And so Philip began with the same scripture, and then he used many others to tell him the good news about Jesus. And listen to this, this is cool. As they rode along, they came to some what? Some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? So he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. By the way, again, we see that same progression. We talked about that last week, by the way. Remember in the uh, uh, Paul and Silas in the, in the jail, in prison with the jailer and his family? You know, they, he explained the scriptures to him. He shared the good news with him. He believed. And then what happened next? He was, he was baptized. 
That's the, that's the biblical progression. Maybe that's the next step for you today. You know, maybe you've come to faith, but you've never yet gone public with your faith yet through baptism. Uh, you can sign up today on your Connect card. We'd love to baptize you anytime, place. But what an incredible story. You know, God provides this opportunity, this divine appointment for Philip to talk about Jesus with this Ethiopian. Now, we, we don't know this for sure, but it's possible. It's possible that this may, wear, may very well have been the very first African convert to Christianity. I mean, think about that for a second. This could have been the very guy who goes back to Ethiopia and, and helps start the Ethiopian church, which was started in the first century and has continued to this day. Now, we don't know that for sure, but it could have been. I mean, you talk about an impact. You see, you never know. You never know that person, that friend, that, that person, that one in your life that you've been praying for, that you've been reaching out to, that you've been building a relationship with, you never know where that might lead and what, that might, what might happen as a result. The impact, the, the ripple effect of that. Now here's the catch though. If Philip had not been ready to talk about his faith with this Ethiopian official, I mean, this never would have happened. And so really my point is today, listen, man, you gotta be ready. Which leads me to our impact principle of this week. And each week, we've looked at a different principle, kind of overriding theme of the day, an impact principle. Here it is for today. God uses me when I'm prepared to be used, when I'm ready. Listen, God wants to use you. He wants to use you to make an impact where you live, work, and play. He wants you to influence people for him. But he can't use you, he can't use you and me unless we're prepared. You know, if you're not ready, he can't use you. So how do we do that? How do we prepare ourselves? How do we get ready? Well, let's jump in and take a look today. Number one, the first step to being ready is simply to be where God wants you to be. This is the principle of physical readiness. In other words, be physically where, be physically present where God wants you to be. Now, this might sound a little funny, uh, but you cannot influence somebody for Jesus. You can't talk about your faith if you're not in the right place. Now think about it, in our story, Philip was in the right place. He was listening to the voice of God. He, he, was, he was with God and God told him, go to the desert road. God had him walk up to the carriage that happened to be carrying this Ethiopian official and he did it. He was listening to God. Last week, remember, we talked about developing that, that habit that'll help you to make an impact of a quiet time and listening to the voice of God. So obviously, that's what he was doing, and he was in the right place. Now, listen, God seldom obviously speaks audibly so that you know exactly where to stand, but I want you to get this today. God does lead you to where he wants you to be. In fact, I will confidently say this today. God has you exactly where he wants you right now, today, for a reason. For a reason. God has you in Charleston for a reason. Whether you were born here, you know, and raised here, or whether you moved here for some other reason. I like to say all the time that God has you where he wants you for a reason and for a season. Might be a short season, might be a long season, you don't know, but be faithful where God has put you, where he's planted you. 
He's got you where he wants you for a reason. He's got you at that job that you're at that you complain about constantly for a reason. He's got you exactly where you live in this community, in your neighborhood, in your apartment complex. He's got you there for a reason. He's got you at that gym that you work out at, that you've made that renewed commitment this year. You've showed up at the gym first time in like a year, um, this past week or two. But he's got you there for a reason. You have the friends that you have, the family that you have, for a reason. So that you can make an impact for Jesus. Listen, don't miss that. You know, that's why you're here. So that you can, you know, live your faith in front of other people. God's got you as a missionary where you live, where you work, and where you play. So that people might just see, hey, what does a follower of Jesus look like? Oh, it looks like him, like her. You know, they see you going through the storms of life, and they see how you respond. He's got you there for a reason. Number two, so be aware of who God wants you to invest in. This is the principle of spiritual readiness. In other words, be aware of who God is working on around you and where they are at spiritually. You see, everybody in this room, they're, they're, the people in your life basically are in two places spiritually, at least two places. They, that you have a group of people in your life that probably want nothing to do with God. Okay, I mean, they don't want to talk about God. They don't want to have anything to do with him. If you're ever in a conversation and God or faith or spirituality comes up, I mean, it's going to turn into an argument. They want nothing to do with it. But... There is another group of people in your life who are probably a little bit more open to talking about spiritual things. And maybe this is the person who, you know, maybe they're going through a tough time. They might be hurting. And so as a result, they're a little bit more open to what you have to say about your faith. You see, the mistake we often make, though, is that we get so focused on those hard cases and those people that just, you know, want to argue or just want nothing to do with it that we miss out on the person who is sitting quietly in the corner, who is hurting, who is looking, who is searching, just like the Ethiopian official, and who desperately needs God in their life, and they'd be open. You see, Philip didn't miss this opportunity. You know, he heard the guy reading scripture. He realized he was open to God. I mean, it was almost like a brick, you know, dropping on his head out of heaven. And, and he was open to God, so he was able to talk to him about his faith. So let me ask you today. You know, who are the people in your life that most, you know, that possibly are open and receptive to talking about God? You know, who are open to an invitation to church? Who are open you know, to hear your story or to hear about your faith. I really believe that there are at least three times in people's lives when they are most open, most open to God, most open to faith and spiritual things. Write this down. It's when they are under tension, during transition, or in trouble. Okay? When they are under tension, during transition, or in trouble. So when people are under tension, and what I mean by that is, you know, they're, they're just, I mean, they're stressed out. They're stressed out at work or at home. You know, finances aren't going so well. Uh, they're, they're facing anxiety for one reason or another in their life. They're just, they're, they're under tension. And believe it or not, that's when a lot of people are very open to talking about spiritual things. Also, when they're going through a transition of some sort. Maybe they've moved to a new city. 
like Charleston. Man, that's when people are open. A lot of things going on in their life, and they're open to faith, open to spiritual things, open to an invitation to a church. When they're newly married, that's a transition. People are, are open to faith. Man, here's one. Having a baby. Oh, my goodness. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you're at the hospital, and they're like, here. And then you're like, really? This is mine? We go home with this thing, you know? And then all of a sudden you realize, man, I can't do this thing by myself. I need help. You know, there's got to be something more to life than just me and us, and, and people are open. A new job? It's, it's during those times of transition that people are open to the things of God. Or, thirdly, when they're in trouble, they're about to lose that job. That marriage isn't new anymore. Now it's actually on the rocks. They're not just, you know, having anxiety about their finances. They're in debt up to their eyes. They're in trouble. You see, it's in, in those situations when people are a little bit more open to God because all of a sudden, they realize, you know what, I can't do it all up by myself. And they realize they, they need help. They need a strength for the storms of life. And that's when they're open to hearing about faith. So, beware God wants you to be. Realize, you know what, God's got you where he wants you for a reason and for a season. Beware he wants you to be. And then, be aware of what's going on in people's lives and who God might want you to invest in and plant a seed with. Number three, be ready to share my faith. Be ready at any time. That's what I'm calling the principle of intellectual readiness, just intellectually being ready. This is when, you know what, you've done the hard work. You're in the right place. You've developed a relationship with the right person. Man, you've been praying. You've been loving and serving and being a friend. And you've maybe even invited them to church. And then you need to know what to do and what to say. Philip was ready. You know, he was in the right place. He knew that God wanted him to talk to this guy. And more than that, he knew what to say. And uh, he knew the scripture that Philip was, uh, that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. He was able to direct him to other scriptures, and he shared his faith. So let me ask you this. Would you be ready to talk about your faith if that divine appointment hits you over the head like a brick? You know, if the opportunity presented itself this week, would you be ready? Would you be pre prepared? Now, I, I don't ask that question today to, you know, to heap guilt on you or anything like that. In fact, just the opposite. What I want to do today and what I want our church to, you know, to do this year is I want to spend some time today giving you a simple way that you could talk to the people in your life about your faith so that you're a little bit more prepared. Now, before I get into that, let me say that, you know, one of the resources that we give away constantly here at Coastal, all the time, um, is this little book called uh, The Difference Maker. Uh, we give this book away all the time. It's, um, we give it away at our membership class. If you've been through that, you've, you've gotten one of these. Uh, we give it away back there at the kiosk uh, every Sunday in the back. Um, it's actually required reading uh, for our, all of our life group leaders. Now, the tagline on the book says, using your everyday life for an eternal impact. And again, there, there's that word again, impact. And uh, just like the series that we're in, this book is all about making an impact 
in your everyday life, where you live, work, and play by sharing your faith. It's a very, very practical book uh, written about the power of an invitation, inviting somebody to church. You just never know where that might go. Sharing your story and sharing your faith. So today, if you, if you never picked up a copy of this book, if, you've, if you did get one at one time and lost it, never read it, uh, we actually have a table uh, of them, full of them today, back there in the back uh, for free. Uh, so, and another huge bonus uh, is that it's really, really short. So you could read it like in two sittings in the bathroom, okay, basically. Um, so pick one up today. Uh, one of the things that I want you to catch in this book, and one of the reasons why we're giving it away and emphasizing it today, is that it equips you with four simple illustrations that you can share with somebody who is ready, who's ready to come to faith. And again, this is, these are people who you built a relationship with, who you, you, you're a friend with, you've earned the right. They're asking questions, and so that it, it helps you to be a little bit more prepared. In fact, they're probably four of the most common used uh, illustrations over the years. In fact, if you've been to Coastal for any length of time, you've heard me say them, or you've heard me use them. You might not have heard the names before. Uh, they're the bridge, do versus done, the morality letter, uh, ladder, and the Romans road. And, and I've used those in various uh, ways here at Coastal. Today, what I want to do is I want to briefly explain uh, the first one, the bridge illustration. And then again, I want to, I want to encourage you to uh, pick up the book and familiarize yourself with the others. Uh, I also today want to invite you uh, to a one-night impact seminar that we're going to be offering uh, in March. So it's got a little bit of time, but I want to go ahead and let you know about it today. Um, it's going to be Friday night. March the 9th, Impact Seminar. It's basically, here's what it is. It's basically going to be about a three-hour, very practical training where we're going to kind of dig down a little bit deeper to better equip you uh, to share your story and to share your faith so that you're familiar with some of the common ways to share your faith with people when they ask you questions. Uh, we're going to feed you. Uh, we're going to provide child care. In fact, today on the back of your Connect card, uh, you could go ahead and sign up today. Let's see, where is it at? Yeah, on the very back of your Connect card under my step, next step today, it says sign me up for the Impact Seminar Friday night, March the 9th, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, our goal is to have at least uh, 10% or more of our church to come to that. Uh, I'd really like to see about 50 people sign up and come so that you feel a little bit more uh, prepared. Again, we're, we'll take good care of you. We'll uh, provide you know, babysitting for your kids and we'll feed you the whole nine yards. I promise you it'll be well worth your while. Now, why? Why do that? You know, why give these books away? Why talk about this? Well, because we want you to be ready. We want you to be prepared, you know, when, you know, because we're constantly talking about being a missionary where you live, work, and play, building a relationship, being a friend. You know, so if you're doing those things, yes, you know, you have a great opportunity to invite people here to Coastal. We say that all the time, and we partner together, because if you bring somebody to Coastal, man, we're going to point people to Jesus. We're going to lift him up. They're going to hear the gospel here. But I want you prepared. You know, what little story, what little illustration could you share? What are a few scriptures you could share to explain how you came to faith and share that with somebody else? So today, let's take a look at the bridge illustration. Uh, the bridge illustration really is great if somebody in your life kind of asks, like, okay, so what does it mean to be a Christian? Specifically, you know, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? You know, what's the big deal with a cross? And it's something that you very quickly you could actually diagram for somebody uh, on, the, on, a, on a napkin. Okay, at a coffee shop with a friend. Now, 
First of all, why would anybody build a bridge in the first place? I mean, think about bridges for, you know, we, we kind of take bridges for granted here. I think we actually have like 13 different bridges in the low country. We kind of take them for granted, but why would anybody build them in the first place? I mean, they're expensive, they're difficult to build, they're hard to maintain. You know, why? Well, the obvious answer is, just like why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the other side, exactly, right? Of course. You know, to span a chasm of some kind. Basically, very foundationally, there are people on one cliff or one landmass, and they want to easily visit or get to the people on the other landmass or the other cliff. You might even argue that, you know, building bridges really is just a part of who we are as a people. You know, innate with, with our makeup, you know, it's that adventurous spirit, you know, go west, young man, right? You know, it's a part of who we are. So let's pretend today, okay, uh, we're all at a coffee shop, you're there with a friend, and uh, the back of your sermon outline, go ahead and flip it over on the top, it says the bridge uh, illustration. Let's go ahead and pretend, this is a napkin, you're, you're at a coffee shop with, with a friend, and so here's what I want you to do, go ahead and draw two cliffs separated by a chasm. Here's my attempt, this looks pretty lame, okay, it was done with a computer, but, so you might draw yours, you might put some little something, you know, on, on either side, you might even put a little bit of water in between or something, um, but go ahead and draw that. Now, from the beginning of time, human beings have wrestled with this idea that there really must be something more to life. And again, there are moments in our life when we are really struck by that. Maybe it is when you get married or when you have a child, but there's those moments where we realize there really has to be something more, and so we search, we search for meaning, we search for purpose, for fulfillment, anything that will fill that void in our heart. Now, the really awesome thing is that the Bible says that God planted that in your heart. He planted eternity in the human heart. In other words, despite what people might say, despite how they might act, intrinsically, we all really know that there is more to life than this. Deep in our hearts, no one has an excuse. We know there really is something greater and something bigger out there, and it's God. Now, in our search for God, it doesn't take very long for us to figure out, well, if there is a God, and he created everything, the heavens and the earth, then he must be all-powerful, transcendent, mighty, and probably a lot holier than we are. So here's what I want you to do. On one side of the chasm, I want you to write God. Okay? In fact, underneath God, on that side, you might write some of the characteristics of God. I've listed just a few here. Holy, all-loving, perfect. Some others might come to mind. Now, think about this, though. On the other side of the chasm, I want you to write you and me, or man. Okay? So the Bible actually does describe God as absolutely holy, loving, perfect. Not even the shadow of a sin can stand in his presence, but... That is where the rub comes in. That's the problem. You see, we're not perfect. We blow it. We make mistakes. The Bible puts it this way. They're on the bottom of your outline, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and what? And all, what's the word? Fall short of God's glorious standard. So again, think about it. God's on one side of that great divide, holy, perfect, and then we're on the other side. And the thing that separates us is our sin. And so in the middle, I want you to write the word sin. In fact, on your side, you might even, you might even list some 
common sense in your life. You know, if you're on a coffee shop with a friend, you might say, man, man, I struggle with this, this, this. You might even write some of those things down just to show the difference between you and God. Now, over the centuries, people basically have said, all right, you know, if I'm ever gonna have a relationship with this holy God, how in the world is that gonna happen when there's all this distance between us? You know, when there's this chasm of sin that separates us, how am I going to bridge this gap? And so people try to reach God different ways. Some people try to come out and and jump across uh, the separation by their own human effort. The truth is, that's called religion. And guess what? It gets you nowhere. It falls short. Some people think that just by being sincere, they'll get to God. They can, you know, jump across the the canyon, you know, there of sin by being sincere or being spiritual. The problem is that you can be sincerely wrong and you fall short. Some people think, well, just by being good and moral and keeping the, the list of rules, that somehow that'll get me to God. But again, none of it works. Why? Well, let's say this morning that all of us were at the Grand Canyon. Anybody been to the Grand Canyon? Raise your hand, you've been to the Grand Canyon. I went a couple of years ago for the first time. Man, it's one of the places that lives up to the height, doesn't it? I mean, it does. I mean, really, pictures and what you see on TV really cannot do it justice. It lives up to the height. It is, it is amazing. The biggest thing you've ever seen, you know? So let's imagine you're there at the Grand Canyon with some friends, and you're trying to jump across. That's what you've decided to do. You're going to jump across the Grand Chasm. The Grand Canyon. Let's say Olympic champion broad jumper is there with you. And man, he gets into his stance, right? And he takes off running and uh, he jumps across the ledge, you know, the, the, the end there. And because he's an Olympic broad, broad jumper champion, he goes about 28 feet and falls, you know, to his death, okay? So you run and jump, and you, I mean, you've been training, you know, you've been going to that gym, like I said, you go about 12 feet, but you still crash and burn. Pastor Ryan, he's with you, he runs and jumps, he gives it everything he's got, he goes about six feet, okay, he dies. Now, Pastor Chris is there, so I start running, I, I stumble on some rocks on the way, and then I just kind of tumble down the side and get all bloody and bruised, and I don't make it, okay? Now, guess what? The point is, you know, listen, some people might get further than others, but guess what? We all what? We all fall short. We, 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 nobody makes it. You know, that's what's crazy to about, about religion, by the way, is that we spend a lot of wasted time judging one another on how far they jump across the divide, but nobody makes it, and they all fall short, crash, and burn. Because we're not good enough. We're not good enough to get to God. You'd have to be perfect. Anybody here perfect? Right? We all fall short. So we need a bridge to cross the gap. The Bible says that Jesus is the bridge. He's the bridge between God and and man, I actually love 1 Timothy 2, uh, 5 and 6 through the Living, ba- uh, the living Bible paraphrase. Um, listen to this. God is on one side and all the people on the other side. Uh, in NIV or other translations, he's explaining here what a mediator is. But he says, God is on one side and all the people are on the other side. And Christ Jesus himself is between them to bring them together by giving his life for all of mankind. In other words, Jesus is the bridge. Now, here's the really cool thing about a bridge. You just got to trust a bridge to get across, right? That's all you got to do. You just got to trust the bridge. Anybody remember the old Grace Memorial Bridge? You were here in Charleston back then. The two, what about the two-lane bridge? 
I mean, raise your hand if you lived in Charleston during that, and you were afraid to go over that bridge. I, you know, man, that was a, you could actually feel it, you know, moving. But to go across the bridge, you just got to trust it. John 5, 24, listen to this. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. Now, listen to this next part. This is important. What does it say? He has what? He has crossed over from death to life. Underline that part, star it, highlight it. He has crossed over from death to life. So between the two chasms, I want you to draw a cross and I want you to write the name Jesus on the horizontal crossbar. Listen, if you don't get anything else from today, if you don't get anything else from this bridge illustration, make sure you remember this. Jesus came to be the bridge. He came to be our bridge. Uh, And whoever crosses that bridge will have eternal life and have a relationship with God forever. Now how? How How do you do that? What does it say? John 5, 24, again, what does it say? You believe. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he was God in the flesh. I believe that he went to that cross, that he died for me, that he showed who he was, that he proved it uh, by coming back to life. And I believe, I trust that he will hold me up. And I put my faith and trust in him, not in me. And so when I walk across that bridge, I gotta trust that the bridge is gonna hold me up. And if I don't trust the bridge is gonna hold me up, I'm never gonna walk across it. I have to have faith. I have to believe. So very simply, on the back of a napkin at a coffee shop, that's the bridge illustration. So the question of today is, What are you going to do to bridge that gap? And maybe you could even ask that at that coffee shop. What about you? What are you going to do to bridge that gap? That separation between you and God. Now, here's the part of biblical Christianity that really blows me away. And by the way, I'm specifically saying biblical Christianity, not religion. Okay, religion is just man's attempt to reach God by our own effort, by our own construction attempts. Christianity, on the other hand, is a personal relationship with God, a friendship made possible by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And here's the part that blows my mind. Think about this. God, from heaven, from his side, he actually saw the chasm. He saw the grand canyon that separated himself from immoral people like you and me. And he saw the distance for what it really was, what it really was. In fact, a much bigger chasm, a much bigger gap than you and I could ever comprehend. And God actually knew that no amount of human construction, no amount of bridge work from our side would ever be enough to bridge that gap. And so God took responsibility on himself motivated by his amazing love for you. He built a bridge. He built a bridge that spanned that chasm all the way from his side to our side. And he did that by sending his one and only son, Jesus, 
to die in our place and to make payment for our sin. You see, that's what the cross is all about. That's the significance of the cross. Jesus, the perfect payment for our sin, was crucified for you and for me. And as Jesus died on that cross, he might as well had his arms outstretched wide saying, I love you this much. That's why he said, it is finished. Not I've been defeated, but it's done. The the construction project is complete. It's finished. And so now, you have a decision to make. It is the most important decision that any human being will ever make. Do I walk across the bridge that God built for me through Jesus? Or do I just keep my own construction project going? And do I just keep trying to jump across all by myself? That is a decision that everybody's going to have to make. So, you're no longer at a coffee shop with a friend. You're here right now. Let me ask you, have you made that decision? Are you still trying to jump across the Grand Canyon all by yourself? Or will you put your faith and your trust in the bridge of Jesus Christ? Listen, if you're here today and you've already made that decision, are you ready? Are you ready to, you know, possibly share that? You know, I'm not talking about rocking up to total strangers you've never met before. I'm not talking about that. You know, sure, can God use that and has he over time? Sure, absolutely. But I'm saying, you know, what about those divine appointments in your own life? What about those people that you've been building relationships with? Are you prepared? Are you ready like Philip to explain what they're reading or show them a few scriptures or draw a little illustration on the back of a napkin? We want to help you be a little bit more prepared this year to make an impact. If you're here now today and you're ready to walk across the bridge of Christ, to put your faith in him and trust in him and no longer yourself, no longer in religion, no longer in your own efforts, but to trust in him and what he did for you on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. Man, you can do it here. You can do it now. If you're watching online, you can pray with me as well. Wherever you're at, you can make this decision today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for the people in my own life who were ready and prepared to share the gospel, to share the good news. So many people who invested in my life and planted seeds and answered questions and, and, you know, maybe they didn't have all the answers. Sometimes they simply shared their story, but a time or two there was a person who opened up the Bible and just made it made sense to me. I thank you for them. And I pray God here at Coastal, we could be preparing more and more people to do the same so that we're ready, we're prepared to make an impact. But listen, 
We're not at a coffee shop. But just for a moment, I want you to think, if you're here today, you heard the good news of the gospel. Are you ready? You know, at some point, you know, you've got to come to terms with the fact that there is a holy God and he does love you. That he's been reaching out to you. You're not here today by mistake, by accident. And today you could make the decision to walk across the bridge that God himself provided through his one and only son, Jesus. Listen, throw away your own efforts. Turn your back on religion. Turn your back on all efforts on your own to make it across. And put your trust, your faith in Jesus and in him alone and what he did for you. And take that step of faith today. In fact, listen, the cool thing is you take that one step of faith toward God today. He will make up to the distance and he will walk with you. Pour out your heart to him right here and right now. Something like this in a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I admit it. You know, I have blown it. I am a sinner. And I've, I've known that there's been something, something in my life that's separated me from you. And I recognize it's just the sin in my life. And God, today, I repent of it. I, I turn my back on it. And I turn towards you. I want to come home. I believe, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus and in him alone and what he accomplished for me on that cross, that bridge that he, he spanned the gap, he spanned the chasm, God, that great divide between me and you. And today, I take that step of faith onto that bridge and I walk across to you. And God, it's as though now I feel it. You are welcoming me with, with open arms into your kingdom. And God, thank you for that. And now for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to, I want to be a follower of his and become more and more like you see me now. Perfect, brand new, clean, able to have a relationship with you. And I praise your holy name for it. And Father, again, I pray for our church, Coastal, that we would be just a little bit more prepared and a little bit more ready to share our faith and to make an impact. We pray all these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.